good morning, uh, you online. My name is John Relly. It's an honor to welcome you this morning as we start in worship this morning, worshiping the King of all kings, Jesus. Our mission is to welcome him into all of life. We welcome Jesus into all of life. And so one prayer that we'd like to pray just as we get started this morning is just a simple three-word prayer. It's come, Holy Spirit. Would you all actually stand with me as you have the capacity we just take a posture. God, I take a posture right now of opening my hands and just saying, come. If you have something for me, Lord, I want it. I want all that you have for me, and I, and I don't want you to hold back. So come, Holy Spirit. We open the door of our hearts this morning for you to move. Have your way in us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry say something really quick. This whole song that we're about to sing is about us inviting God into our worship. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, we welcome you to this place. So with that in mind, um, most of this set is about us asking him in and praising him. So let's prepare our hearts and sing here for you.
Oh. 
go from this part of worship into communion. empowering you and I'm asking you to love the people that I love around you. Thank you. And I just pray that as a blessing over every one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I continue. As I was preparing this morning, or for this morning, uh, I was encouraged by someone in the congregation, you know, John, God has given you prophetic words. Lead out in those prophetic words. Just go for it. And so these are supposed to be for the end of the sermon, but I just feel like we're just going to flip that around. Church, you who are feeling like you have the least energy, the Lord is saying you will have your most fruitful season yet. If you're feeling like you have the least energy, you are about to have your most fruitful season yet. You who have never had the courage to share your weakness and how God is strong in your life will be sharing it with 25 people this year. That feels pretty uncomfortable, doesn't it? 25 people, this is going to happen. You who have never had the courage to even say the name of Jesus in public will be leading people to follow Jesus in your home and in your workplace. Get your house ready. God is about to start one-on-ones through you. Triads, when you meet with two other people, and you just look at the scripture, kind of going, I don't know what it says, but let's read it anyway. Jesus, help us. That's you this year. Some of you are going to be starting small groups because of a new courage. Right now, God is unleashing today. God is unleashing a new courage on you today. Church, you who have never prayed for your children and you feel like, I don't even know. This year, you will be leading your children to Christ and teaching them to obey and how to hear God's voice through his scriptures. You felt so unimaginably ill-equipped to do that. But this year, this is going to be you. You who have had gifts spoken over to you by God, by other people, but you've never had the courage to use them with your friends and neighbors, this year, this week, you are going to be operating in spiritual gifts that somebody else said you have. But you've never had the courage to use those gifts with your friends and neighbors. And that's who they're for. You who have spiritual gifts, but only operate in them when you feel strong, God is going to change that today. You are about to use your spiritual gifts when you feel weak. And when you're weak, he is strong. I think I'm just going to go backward through the sermon today. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, this is God to Paul in the midst of physical suffering, but it is for you today 
Because God is building strength in here, especially for those who feel weak. You know, there's two places where God loves to build strength. When we're willing to say we're weak, and when we are willing to say we're weak in community. These are places where God loves to build strength. So to Paul, he says specifically, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And church, we never graduate from this verse. Don't try. You'll lose bad. It'll be like road rash off a motorcycle. We are made to live in weakness, but in God's strength. So Paul says, therefore, I'll boast more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content in my weaknesses. I'm content in my insults, my hardships, when people don't like my Instagram posts, persecutions, calamities. For when I'm weak, say it with me, I am strong. For when I'm weak, say it again, I am strong. Not when I'm the most popular, not when I have a really good cup of coffee, not when I get my run in, not when I've had a full eight hours of sleep. Say it with me, church. When I am weak, then I am strong. This is the upside down kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our contemporary world says, when you're strong, you're strong, so show off. And then you're only important when you're strong. It's so silly. It's absolutely so silly. Um, I've been learning more contemporary music through a friend of mine and um, one artist. She's got a beautiful voice and all of her lyrics are so just sad. And um, she's got this chorus. This is Lynn Lap Lapid, Lynn Lapid. I'm, I'm old. I don't know. Um, but it's a, it's a lie that we tell ourselves every day. And she just, this place where we feel like if we're weak, let me just go isolate. I don't want the criticism. I'm, I'm just too afraid to be with anybody else. And she says this, on my little island, there's no one to please. No one can hurt me. Nobody leaves. I won't be a burden. Can't be insecure. There's no one that I have to be. I sure won't be crying on my little island. Most of the world lives in a sense of such competition and deep sadness about their own weakness that we isolate when we feel weak. When was the last time you called somebody when you were feeling sick or bad? We don't like calling people then. Hey, I'm just, I'm calling to be a burden on you today. I'm hoping that I can just be weak with you. That's all. 
No, in our very Western economic society, it's often that we only see our worth for what we can offer one another in strength. So why would I call you when I'm feeling weak? I'm the worst. I'm the worst example of this. I need help in my life. You know why? I didn't take care of my above ground pool. It's broken. I need to put it back together. I'm not asking any of you. This is what we do. When, I, when the pool is ready, come on over. Strength. When the pool is broken and ugly and I have to confess to you, I didn't take care of it well enough, so I had to spend extra money on a liner and that, like that. Why would I share that with you? Except that's exactly who God calls us to be. We're in the series called Rooted, and we're going through the scripture. In fact, I've got a gift for someone today. Who is authentically and failing at reading through the whole Bible this year? We got one. She's in my family, though, so <laughs> that's not going to work. Who else? We got one. Andrew, this is for you. Come up and get it. This is a book by John Mark, John Mark Hicks. Uh, I just love this theologian. Uh, he's written a new book called Around the Bible in 80 Days. And uh, I, I, it's, I just love him. He's fantastic, and he has suffered much in his life, so I believe what he says. It's just beautiful. But we're in the Bible, we're going through the Bible, and I want to bring you to Genesis 12. I want to introduce you, if you've never heard of Abraham and Sarah before. And these guys, I mean, they're so weak. And they're in the Bible. It's weird. God just does that. Like, have you ever read the Bible? There's a bunch of screwed up people in there that God just goes, hey, I'm using you. And they're like, all right. And then they keep screwing up. And God's like, I'm going to use you again. And they keep blowing it. Welcome to being rooted in the scripture and in community. This is what it's all about. You know what the lie is? I'm a failure and I'm going to go isolate myself until I become strong. That's the lie. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your kindred, your father's house, all of your places of strength. Go from your inheritance, your popularity, where people know you, where you have extra grace from people, where you have any worth. Go from those places to the land that I'm going to show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the whole earth will be blessed. So this is after the Tower of Babel I don't know if you've ever heard of the Tower of Babel where everybody got super confident in themselves. They said, we are the best, we're the best. Pump our be part of our club, we're the best. Let's build the biggest tower in the world, we're the best. We're the best. And they built this tower and God went, you're not the best. You're not. Stop lying to yourselves and to other people. Knocks down the tower, says, by the way, you can't speak your same language anymore. I'm spreading you out so you know just how weak you are. Would you settle down? 
And so they were completely spread out. Just, And so Abraham was one of those people just in one of these groups. Who knows what language he speaks now? God spread them all out. Maybe Hebrew. Who knows? And he has to start out again. And so what strength do you have if you don't have the strength of we are a community, we're going to make utopia together? What do you have? Nothing except for family. This is especially true for women, especially true for the Jews. Because the only way you had eternal life was if you had kids. Your life grew through your children. Your name was passed down from generation to generation. That was your worth. Eternal life like we have it today was non-existent. So then this tension arises when Sarah, Abraham's wife, can't have a child. And so Abraham, with a servant, has a child as sort of a substitute for that inheritance, so at least Abraham would be able to have some eternal life through children. But Sarah's still left out. So God said to Abraham, this is chapter 17, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah will be her name, and I will bless her. Gives her a whole different name. Are you seeing how God's uprooting our places where we thought we were strong in order for him to give us strength? And I will bless her, and moreover, I will have given you a son by her. I will bless her. She will become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed to himself. Shall a son, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Now, this is saying something. Because guess how old his dad was when he was born? Seventy. So he's not, like, for some reason, that 30-year difference is a big deal to him. There's something else going on where he's lost capacity to think that God could be his strength. Fell on his face, laughed. Shall Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? Abraham said to God, oh, I know what you're doing. Oh, that Ishmael, the son that I had with the servant, that that son might live before you and be your servant. And God said, no. No, no, no. Don't try to use your substitutes for strength to be actual strength in your life. Let me be your strength. I'm going to prove it to you. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son and shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly, and he shall father twelve princes. We often think that from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their wives Sarah and Rebekah and all that, that the twelve tribes of Israel come from them, and that's all that matters. But even God... Even Let me just say, those places that we thought that we needed strength, that we change our lives for, that we manipulate our world for in order to feel strong about ourselves, God still uses that stuff. Even with Ishmael, he makes 12 princes from them. Nothing is wasted with God. When you come to your small group 
Don't be afraid to say, I completely wasted my whole week on TikTok. I have not read my Bible one ounce. I bathed once. I ate Kit Kats instead of fruit. Don't be afraid to say that because Jesus wants to be welcomed into every single moment and redeem it and prove himself to us. I watch the bad things on Netflix. Don't be afraid to say everything that's going on because God is still faithful. God is still faithful. I will establish my covenant with Isaac. We have to get honest, though. Following Jesus is not easy. When we're disappointed, it's much easier to go back to our biggest weaknesses and rely on comforting ourselves with maybe the most destructive things. And God is always asking us to be obedient in small ways. But it's very easy to make excuses. So I want us to imagine a little bit what it would be like for Jesus. What if Jesus looked at his worst family line? Jesus had prostitutes in his line. What if Jesus went, oh no, if you knew who great-grandma was. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to become a rabbi. What if Jesus looked at his immigration status as a prerequisite for how he would raise up disciples? Oh, no. You know, I was exiled to Egypt for a time. In fact, that's my first language. I got a challenge from the audience. What if Jesus said, I was raised by a single mother? So... I don't know how long Joseph lived, but he was old. What if Jesus waited for somebody else to tell him that he was the Messiah? Hi. Okay. Welcome. Have a good day. What if he said no to God when God told him to go to the cross? Jesus, or he said, Heavenly Father, that's not my spiritual gift to be crucified. My Enneagram says I'm a three, and that's definitely like an eight thing to do. What if Jesus was too embarrassed to be around children? If instead of welcoming them, he was like, ew. They like, are gross. What if he thought the same thing about lepers? What if he was too embarrassed to hang around with sinners? Following Jesus is hard. Following Jesus is hard. Getting over ourselves is hard. 
living comfortable with our weaknesses is hard. Releasing ourselves and surrendering ourselves to the work of the Father is hard. But when we do, we surrender to the most powerful, amazing, life-changing love that exists in the entire world. We have to confront a little bit that our society has taught us that we should only be operating in our gifts. That our Myers-Briggs personality inventory is the thing that rules our life. That our age tells us what we should be invested in or not. That our financial status limits us. So how does God change that? Well, with Abraham and Sarah, he said, I'm taking you from the things that you thought you were strong in, where you were typically isolated on your little island of Abraham land, your little island of success through whatever you thought it was, and I'm going to make you a whole nation. So God intentionally, and I'm going to... There's some discipleship in your sheets there, and I want to make sure that you're able to fill some things in there. God calls us out of individualism and roots us into community. He calls us out of individualism and roots us in community. There's this pastor, his name is Rich Nathan, and he quotes this Berkeley professor really, really well. Expressive individualism, made famous by Berkeley University sociologist Robert Bella back in 1990. It basically holds the supreme value to which other, every other obligation must be subordinated is the true self within, whatever that is. We communicate expressive individualism by sound bites, and I don't know if you've ever said this before, but it just feels natural to me. Or, I need to be my true self. Or, I need to be true to myself. Or, I'm not going to live a lie. And we use those as excuses to being obedient to Jesus. How dare we? How dare we? That the God of the universe is calling out of us something much greater. But it takes community. Look what Paul says about community. Instead of going to 2 Corinthians, now I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians to confuse you just a little bit more. He's talking about how the church brings all of these weak people together and makes sure that they're in a place where God can use them well. He reminds the church, he says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't have any need of you, nor get the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, listen to this. The worst Enneagram numbers, the worst personality tests, the ones that aren't seen well, the shortest and not the tallest, the introvert and not the extrovert, whatever you want to say is the best. I'm just, I'm fooling with you. Those with addictions or not addictions, he says the parts that seem weaker are most indispensable when we get into the church. The upside-down kingdom becomes live in church community. We fight back 
against the world that says your only value comes from your economic worth to me. That because you're not strong to me that you don't have any value. We fight back by the power and in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't have any rule or reign on us anymore. We say that those who are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body. This is his point. This is why he makes a nation. This is why he makes a church, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Church, if you're suffering, you're a gift to the community. If you're weak, the church exists because we are called to love you. And if you're not here, we might as well not exist. And if you don't see yourself as weak yet, Come on. Welcome to the party. There is nothing about you that makes you strong compared to Jesus. He is the one that makes us strong, and he does that through community. God is turning our history, our weakness, into blessing for our community. And unless you're willing to be weak, then we won't get to grow unless you're not willing to come into community with your weakness, then you'll never grow. Because your weakness, when you're on your little island, continues to be weakness. But your weakness in the community of the body becomes indispensable. If one member suffers, all suffer together. So I'm going to say this again. If you're feeling like you have the least energy, this will be the season of the most fruit in your life yet. Where you have felt fruitless, limited, unintelligent, unable to do and be who you feel like you were called to be, get ready. God is about to make the most fruitful season in your life, yet you who have never been able to share in your weaknesses and how God is strong in your life, get ready because you are going to be sharing it with 25 people this year. Get ready to share your weakness with 25 people. Get ready to share that, man, I'm so clumsy, but because of Jesus, I can actually pay my bills. Boy, I have spent all of my money on Nintendo Switch games. Whatever, I don't know. But God saved me. You who have never had the courage to say the name of Jesus in public, this week you're going to be leading somebody to follow Jesus. You're about to start one-on-ones and triads with people that you would have never thought would follow Jesus. And let me tell you this, Following Jesus and sharing Jesus with people is not going to feel right. You are not going to feel gifted at it. And it is not going to feel like water flowing over rocks and peaceful streams. It's going to feel like tripping over rocks 
in very large streams that, and slipping and falling down and hurting your knee. Sharing the gospel always feels clumsy. Discipling people always feels clumsy. People never get what you're saying. It's happening right now. But it doesn't mean that God's not calling us there. I'm not gifted in evangelism. How dare you stop the Lord God of the universe from speaking through your life into somebody who needs to hear that life has come to earth. God in Jesus has come to save them and to rescue them from all the darkness of their life and to turn their weakness into complete strength. How dare we bind up Show that picture of the roots I have. This is what we're talking about. I had to go backwards, and now we're going forwards again. How dare we do this to ourselves? Where instead of being potted and rooted in community and letting our roots spread out into the world by the power of the Holy Spirit, we bind ourselves up on private little islands, using up all the resources until we strangle ourselves dry. How dare we stop the gospel from flowing? The, the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God for those who believe. It is the power of God. In this next picture, you see these roots? This is every single part of your journey in life. This is that time that you almost died because you overdosed. This is that time where you, that moral failure you thought was going to end your life. This is that time when you were betrayed and abused. This is that time where you thought, oh, they don't think I'm worth anything. I'm just going to go and hide away. This is that time that you lost every dollar you had by a horrible mistake. Or that time you took that risk that you thought was going to save you, but actually blew up your life even more. Each one of these becomes places where God builds into us, into grounds, into community, where we get to see all of our vulnerable spaces as places of redemption, where God calls up the story of his salvation and says, not just me, but you too. God's going to save you. He's come for you. He loves you. Maybe never before have you had that courage, but God's making that. That's what it means to become rooted. That's how God's calling us. God is turning our ashes of our history into blessing for community. And it's not just you, but your friends need this. This is Henry Cloud and John Townsend. They say, people's most basic need in life is relationship. People connected to other people thrive and grow, but those not connected will wither and die. Would you stand with me, please? God's doing some really fun stuff today. And he's not done yet. He is here and he loves you and he has something even more powerful than my words could bring. Come, Holy Spirit. Just extend your hands. If you're feeling like you are weak and you want his strength, just extend your hands. Lord Jesus, make me strong. I am weak. Lord Jesus, make me strong. I am weak. I don't want to be satisfying myself. I don't want to be lonely on my little island. I want you to make me strong. And God, would you make my weaknesses 
part of the life and depth and power of the, the community that you're making here in Mission Vineyard? Would you use me, God? Would you make me more vulnerable than I've ever been? God's doing it right now. He's opening up places where you thought you had to be safe in some way. He's changing hearts. As folks were praying for you this morning, there were other specific things I want to name. Someone who needs restoration. And the picture I have with that, it could have been different with the prayer team, but like I'm a car guy, and so as someone who just feels like their, their body is just rusty and they need a complete restoration. Someone who's got a rattling cough. Parents who need the freedom to focus on their children. Someone who has an issue in their shoulder. If you've come today and you don't know a God that's big enough to take on all of your stuff, if you thought that he was just a religious figure that just accepted you when you were good or moral, I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. It's a simple prayer. It's sorry, thank you, please. Lord Jesus Christ, I am so sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. And just take a moment and just lay it all before him. God, I'm sorry. I turn the other way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. You know the things I've done wrong in my life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. with me, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know what you're praying this morning. I don't know what's going through your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength, but there may be something specific up on the screen. It may be something that I've said already this morning. It may be that prayer that we just prayed. These teams are ready to receive you this morning for any emotional, physical, or spiritual issue that you may be bringing with you team is going to lead us through one more song and I'm going to come back and bless us to conclude the service. Please come see a team during this song. Draw me close to you. Draw me close to you. Never let me
Happy Mother's Day. My hope is that today God's spoken to you that no matter what weakness you feel like you have, any insecurity, that God wants to use, he wants to bless you, he wants to give you his own strength, his own family. Would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? That he would raise you up out of your individuality, get you out of the pottedness, that little island you have and that he would just knit you into community that all of your history would be redeemed and blessed in your community that God would strengthen you where you feel weak clothe you with his light and fill you
life. I bless you in Jesus' name. Happy Mother's Day. Go in peace.